Welcome to Don't Tell Baba, the conversational podcast with Middle Eastern flair. My name is Nude and my co-host is Shireen. Today, we're talking to Mike, my husband and our producer, about tech. Hi, Mike. Hey. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, baby. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> well, I won't <laughs> tell you about myself, but I'll tell everyone else about myself. Uh, my name is Aww. Mike. Uh, I work uh I work in IT in uh one of the largest banks in Canada um doing uh software distribution for basically all of our systems. Um that's it. What else you need to know? I don't know, baby. I still don't understand your job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. I don't understand how software gets distributed. I just want to imagine like tiny people packing it up in tiny boxes. Nude, have you ever like received like an email? Because that's the type of distribution. I'm telling you. Have you ever seen Fairly Odd Parents? There's an episode, right. There's an episode where they like go into the computer to receive a picture from the evil teacher. Mm Mm-hmm. That's my entire understanding of, like, (laughs) computer technology. Okay, it's really good that we're doing an episode on tech then. Oh, yeah, I am an expert. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, why don't we start off by just let's tell the audience what each of our stances are on tech and kind of what we're going to talk about. Sounds good. Okay, so um, I'm going to start talking about social media. I think that's a good place to start off because I think when people think about tech, they probably think about social media first Mm -hmm. and like our phones and stuff. Um, I am largely anti-tech. So that is the angle I'm going to (laughs) come at. How about you, Mikey? Uh, I'm coming at it from, I'm very pro-tech, but uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of issues I find um, with with social media. So I'm going to be talking definitely promoting tech, but, you know, with with a few warnings regarding social media. Mm-hmm. Okay, so pro tech uh, with the acknowledgement that social media has a significant number of dangers. Um, and Mike, you're going to be talking about like home technology and like where that's going, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and okay. maybe you wanted to kind of talk about a couple more wacky things, right? I I do, I do. I I want to talk about cryogenics and sex dolls, okay. and the wave of the future. Um, okay. I also am pro tech for the most part, bad at it, but pro. Yeah, I don't want to live in the future that you just described. Oh, it's <laughs> magical. It sounds awful. Okay, um, I guess I'll get us started. So. My problem with social media is all of it, Um, and I kind of wish we lived in a world with no social media, but I want to get out of the way what is good about social media before I start complaining, because this is a podcast for complaining. (laughs) Um, So I think what's what's good about social media is that it gives a platform to small businesses artists, just people who make content, who maybe like can't afford things like a storefront or like actual advertising and they can't Mm -hmm. afford to spend money on marketing. This is just like a free way of getting your foot in the door. 
A hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. And I think that's really important. But aside from that, everything about social media sucks. (laughs) So I actually have another pro to social media. Okay. That I have to mention before we go to complaining corner. Mm -hmm. Um, Staying in touch with friends and family who are scattered across the globe, which is a very Arab issue. We're all over the place. I initially got Facebook to keep in touch with my cousins in 2007 Mm -hmm. because they lived in like Jordan and Lebanon and Australia and Canada, all over the place, right? So Mm -hmm. it was a really, really, really valuable tool in grade, I think we were like end of grade nine, beginning of grade 10 when I started using social media. And we can talk Mm -hmm. about the way it impacted us coming to it late versus the way um, versus the way it's impacting the youth now having grown up with it. Uh, So that'll be an important distinction to make. But it does keep people connected. And I believe in its power to do that. Yeah, it does. Um, But so does like, texting and whatsapp and other things like that and, less and, public and forums making a call and, and a giving someone a call. phone call yeah i mean yes that makes sense with intimate friendships but what about people with whom i'm unlikely to communicate purposely like I mean, I hate to sound rude, but I'm not exactly talking to each of my cousins every day about each of their children. It's it's not feasible. Instead, I want to log on to their Facebook page, see that their family is alive, well, and happy, and you know, leave a few likes and a few comments, and that's all I need that interaction to be. I mean, isn't the alternative just reaching out every so often and being like, hey, how are you guys doing? Because I feel like it's like this need to want to just be able to like get that stream. It's I just like that's not the way humans are built to communicate, I think. Like this this like endless constant connection. It's not, but we're also not built to communicate in here's the thing. Actually, I believe community pages are a more natural way of communication for human beings because our communication rarely occurs in single one-on-one pairings. It's more common to have groupings of people who serve, you know, a similar purpose. And obviously I'm going way back to, you know, Mm -hmm. human development here. But having that constant stream and hearing things down the grapevine and the, the, the fewer degrees of separation, it makes sense to me. It's, it's a reasonable way to communicate. I mean, it makes sense, but it's also incredibly overwhelming, I think, is the problem. I think it's constantly if I, connected. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Nude, like, having that, like, you log on to whatever social media and you see that everybody is updating and mm-hmm. then you get the urge to update and then we all just keep updating each other but it's never about the bad things happening it's always about the good and it's always a polished view of of life that's the thing like you'll never actually be truly communicating with someone unless both of you can sit down and one of them can just be like guess what my life's been shit when i use social media I always make it a point to just like throw it. I I use Instagram the most, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. And when I say the most, I say I post once every three months. Um, 
And I know that everybody who follows me gets a notification that's like, she posted for the first time in a long time. <laughs> yes, like, we oh, do. She's alive. Um, you know, like, and, and every time in the caption, I'm, I try to be really honest. Like, this is a nice picture, but just so you all know, I've been going through it if I have indeed been going through it. Right. Um, yeah. and You're I think, maybe like, one of the only ones, though. Yeah, nobody does that. That's the thing. No. Like, I, I seek out social media where people do the same. And um, most of the social media I follow is like independent artists, um, like costume makers, just mm-hmm. people who are, you know, being creative and putting their content out, you know, like poets, writers, whatever you want. I'll follow all of them. And it's great. But you also can't escape seeing everything else because it's all over your explore page. It's, it, you know, everybody else is like, re- like, you know, sharing it to their story or they like it and it shows up on your explore page, even if it's something you don't care about. Um, I think Here's- the, yeah. Here's the thing. I think that there is a way to use social media so that it isn't overwhelming. And now I'm going way back to when you said that this is overwhelming. Okay. I do not think that a stream of reasonable updates, so you post once every three months, Mike posts once a year or something. Um <laughs> Um, I post every few weeks, I feel like, just to be like, I'm alive and well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm alive and well. And here's the thing. And I know that this is maybe not the most woke perspective on this. But I I don't want to go on social media and tell people I've been having a hard time. I want to go on social media and share my triumphs. If we didn't have social media, I would call family to share my triumphs. Um, I would call people who were some distance from me. I'm not talking about your very intimate friends and family, right? Mm-hmm. I I only would be putting out triumphs anyway, right? So I don't feel like that's an unnatural form of communication either. I think that what the problem is, is that we follow everything, And then everything sells our information. So the advertisers are trying to sell us everything. And so now our feed is doubled up, not only with the content we actually care to see, but Mm -hmm. also with the advertising that comes because you've shown an interest in that content. That's Mm -hmm. what's overwhelming. You want to hear something, Nude? Like um, before you came to visit me, which was last March, and I hate that we're coming up on a year. I know, um, me too. Like, that's just, it's disgusting. Anyway. Um, I know. Before that, looking at your social media, I was comfortable making the assumption that your life was going just perfectly. And what's ridiculous is that you and I are the type of friends who are able to just be like, it's definitely not, and I'm dying. <laughs> exactly. So even... Yeah, even though you're not like that distant relation or this like relative that I barely talk to, it's really easy to believe that. Here's the thing. You will call someone up and share your triumphs, right? You call me up, pretend I'm your aunt because you would tell me less. Hi, Pretend pretend I'm like an aunt or like a relative or something. You call me up and you'll be like, I got a brand new job, right? Fantastic. I would be super happy for you. Once you close the phone, that's like, gone into the ether. If I look at your social media grid, 
it's an endless stream of triumphs and my brain won't put together the amount of time that occurred between each one, then people start to feel lonely or like they're failing. And the generation that grew up on social media is like one of the loneliest miserable ones. They're anxious, they're lonely, they feel like they're missing out on stuff. Because even looking at my own social media, it looks like I'm always out outside with my dog or reading. Yeah, <laughs> me yeah. too. No, what? your Instagram feed chushu is like is like, oh, I'm in this lovely garden. <laughs> oh, I'm in this lovely place. It's everything is just so perfect it's and lovely. Exactly. And I'm like, is that a perfect and lovely life? Like exactly. But no, there's struggles. And right? and you constant and just like you said, you constantly get bombarded with these images that are all like, look at how well I'm doing, look at how well I'm doing, look mm-hmm. at how well I'm doing, look at how well I'm doing. And you feel this upward pressure. You feel this pressure to to get in on this, like you said, right? Yeah. You feel like you have to get better like constantly. And and you know, where does that stop? I, I think that this is definitely contributing to to people's uh mental health issues. Of course. I mean, and that aside, you just have because like My Instagram, yes, it tells people that I like pretty places and pretty things, which is true about me, but I probably buy myself pretty things and go to pretty places like, I don't know, a couple of times a year because I can't afford it, right? (laughs) It's 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 about as many times as you post, right? Well, that's true because, you know, I'm part of the anti-posting gang, but, (laughs) you know, not everybody's going to look at the date, right? They'll follow me on Instagram. They'll just see a whole grid of pretty places and a cute dog and nice things, you know? Your dog is um, so cute. <laughs> thank you. But, you know, the, it's it's it kind of just gives a really warped sense of, like, what people's lives are like. And then on top of it, you'll have people posting a lot of pictures of themselves doing fun things, and then they will edit the ever-loving shit out of these pictures oh but that's a whole second conversation let's like yeah that's that's photoshop and editing is completely a separate topic and i I think that we're gonna like i think we're walking in i think yes because i think tech has made it more accessible nude because apps like facetune and all of those editing apps they're now more accessible i don't need an adobe license anymore yeah i know and i hear you I do. But here's the thing. While I'm posting my pictures of my, you know, triumphs and my happinesses, mm-hmm. I'm doing it at whatever weight I am, which by the way, mm-hmm. fluctuates on a bi-weekly basis. So I literally mm-hmm. never know which jeans are going to fit that week. I realize that it's, you know, my own nutritional and fitness habits that cause these fluctuations, but just let a girl complain. All right. Yeah, no, that's fine. So- <laughs> So I've got flabby arm pictures. I've got double chin pictures. I've got acne riddled pictures and I'm still posting those because that's how I look when those triumphs are accomplished. Am I thrilled with how I look? Do I ask my photographer slash husband slash producer slash beloved Mike to please do the angle better? Of course. But choosing to use Facetune, I think, is a very, very purposeful hit. And I think that the people who are doing it should be aware of the fucking responsibility they have for people's self-esteem. So it's not about inspiring and motivating people to be like, get out there, go to your garden, walk your dog, like the sunshine is beautiful, come out here with me, this is accessible, which is what we're posting. Yes, mm-hmm. it's happy, but it's real happy. What what some influencers are doing with Photoshop, with 
Facetune with whatever the hell is look at what I'm doing and look at how perfect I look while doing it. Why don't you look like this while you're happy? I mm-hmm. think is like, that's just a major mind fuck for me. Oh yeah, no, it is. And I wasn't talking about like, like us as everyday users of social media, because I don't think like, yes, as with any picture, like even if you were taking a picture on like a regular digital camera, you would be like, ew, can you use a better angle? And that's fine because like a camera (laughs) cannot capture what the human eye does, right? So it's always a little disturbing for us to look at flat two-dimensional pictures when our eyes are like perceiving the world in three dimensions. Um, And so, but like, who do people follow on Instagram? Like who has the most followers? Who has the most reach? Are these like influencers? Why are you laughing? Doesn't the egg have the most followers? What? I don't even know. What is that? That stupid egg or whatever? That had the most most likes or some shit? I bet you anything that egg has been beat out by likes. Do you know what though? I actually love that. I love that. I loved it. I loved the concept of it. I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't really give a shit, but I loved the concept of it that someone <laughs> out there manipulated everyone else into <laughs> clicking an egg and just liking it and making it the best just because. Like I thought that was fantastic. And I and I loved how how it wasn't some picture of some girl's butt. Yeah. And you know, and that everything about it just made me happy. I mean, it was a really good example of the way social media can be harmless because it was just a picture of a freaking egg and it was all (laughs) in very pure, innocent, good fun, right? But beyond that, when we look at who has a lot of followers, like, you know, I don't know, Kim Kardashian or someone, like all of her pictures are facetuned to hell. This is what our young people are seeing. And this is the beauty standard that has been really pushed to us by social media and tech, you know, mm-hmm. before I had the capability of turning off the TV, you know, clicking out of a tab, closing a magazine. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. it seems like it's everywhere and I can't escape. Plastic surgery rates have gone right up. And mm-hmm. I do think this is part of the conversation about tech because without the social media and this pressure to be both happy and perfect, as you said, Nude, I don't mm-hmm. think we would have started off with this problem. I don't think there's anything wrong with you being like, I have a massive zit and I would rather everybody doesn't know about it. (laughs) But I have a problem when someone's like, I have a super tiny waist and a really big ass and I have perfect lips and my nose is super straight. And this girl that's being sold to us is such a mishmash of like ethnicities that she does not exist in real life. Yeah. Also, have you actually seen people trying to attain that perfect beauty standard? It to me it looks wrong. <laughs> it's it's terrifying. It doesn't it doesn't look natural at all. Like there's like the butt is <laughs> is is way it it's you can see the extra fat that they stuffed in it. Honestly, yeah. you can. You can see the extra fat that they stuffed in the butt. You can see where it came from in their <laughs> in their hip. Or in the sorry, in their like in their their torso area, like you can totally tell. And I'm like, how, <laughs> how in this day and age are we resorting to this? And and you know what? I think also like pictures contribute to this because in it looks good for photos, but then when you kind of see it in person, you're going, eh, it doesn't really look right. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Everything- 
everything that is exaggerated will look good in photos. Like, Nude, you know this as someone who enjoys makeup, that if you wanted mm-hmm. to put on makeup that looks good in photos specifically, you need to be a little more heavy-handed. So fucking heavy-handed. Holy shit. Yeah. Things that are exaggerated look better in photos, and it's like social media has kind of encouraged this trend of prioritizing what you look like in photos over like prioritizing your life and your mental health and your and happiness. And your comfort and your ability to hold your eyelids open. Yeah, and like not to always bring up that freaking billboard that's outside of my house, but I will. That stupid billboard is still up where it's like a before and after of a woman who looks perfectly fine, and then her just like surgeried up to shit and she Ugh. looks like you know an instagram influencer they're really tiny nose and like they've done all of these things to her and you mean, like you shaved mean, down her you mean jaw. they look you mean that they they went with the we all look the same yes, like, like, is, is it is it to be part of a club though is there some kind of yes, like let's look all the same yes. club? because honestly every single girl or every single photo that i've seen where it's like oh i got my lips done i'm like you have the same lips as like Two million other women. Yes, Mike. Um, it is. Why? How? How is that any special? How's that special? How is that different? How is that unique? It's like it's the Heather's baby, or the Tiffany's, or the, you know, the perfect, pristine, popular cheerleader. Like, oh my God, she's so important. Please pay attention to her. Like we've been sold that this person, when you are this person, the entire world will fall to its knees ready to serve you. Yeah, we like really believe in the concept of pretty privilege. Yes. And because we now have it's all- true though. We have one idea of what pretty is, but like whether, whether pretty privilege actually exists, everybody finds different sorts of people attractive, right? Like Nude and I could be in line at the same coffee shop and she could get a free coffee and I couldn't, you know? And that is probably because the person at the register finds nude more attractive, but a different uh, barista might mm-hmm. find me more attractive mm-hmm. and then the situation would turn around, right? Yep. 100%. Um, yeah. And so, but we have like one definition of what pretty is. So everybody like runs to that because they want the privilege and entitlement that Mm -hmm. comes with being what is considered beautiful. Um, And I do have a lot more to say about this, but I also think at this point it deserves its own episode. But um, (laughs) I, someone who- Yeah, because I was going to get into another topic like similar as well. And it's like, yeah, it's not even tech we're going to now. (laughs) Well, I mean, tech- has like tech has made this problem worse and i think tech is the root of of these problems and all i want to say is that as someone who like at the age of like 14 15 whatever was lying in bed and kind of comforting myself by saying that one day i would be able to get a nose job and be a lot prettier this shit would have fucked me up and i know it's messing up girls all over the world who oh. look like me or you know look different than me but still not quote unquote perfect this would have messed me up so whether or not we agree that it's a it's a tech conversation i think that tech is at the root of it and so it deserves to be roasted 100% like no but even before tech there was magazines though I know, right? but so, it was, you were so much more disconnected though, Mike. We didn't keep our magazines in our pockets and check them every three seconds and imagine mm-hmm. that they buzzed and then check them again, even though they hadn't buzzed. So now we're concerned. Why didn't it buzz? Why doesn't anyone love me? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think I, I guess I am out of touch 
with with the way that people actually use their cell phones. Like I I see it, mm -hmm. I do, but I don't. I actually can't put myself in that mindset of like I need to check that notification. I've never been that way unless I was waiting for an important message. Like I've never been like, oh, I have to check that. But I if my phone dings, unless it's work, I don't care. I will give it my time when it deserves my time. Um, it doesn't control me. Yeah, this has absolutely caused arguments in which my text messages went unresponded to for many hours. But that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole other topic. I was going mean, to say, yeah. I was gonna say yes. that my obsessiveness with checking notifications actually started long before social media and was instilled in me by parents with a... Uh, an overt attachment style. <laughs> so, I mean, are you are you are you trying to say helicopter parents without saying helicopter? Yes, parents? my helicopter parents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. like I'm just saying the notifications thing. Yes, it is 100% more of a problem now. And Mike, mm -hmm. it is lucky that you don't have that urge to like constantly be checking your phone. But I'm just saying that that need to be up to date is not social media specific. That is very, very human. And for a person who doesn't feel the need to be constantly up to date, baby, I would say that that just means that you're pretty secure in yourself. I mean, dude, I don't know if that is a human need because I never felt the need to be connected to everybody until like... I got like a smartphone and got into all of this stuff. Yeah. I was and then very much the content from being, other people. Yes. I was very much content with being disconnected. And frankly, I'm still content with being disconnected. And my phone is on do not disturb 95% of the time. Because I don't want to <laughs> get notifications. I don't want people to talk to me. I just want to be. The thing is, like, I love talking to people and I love connecting with my friends. And there are a few people I talk to genuinely every day. And I really value that. But I'm one of them. I, you're one of them. <laughs> but I also value being able to sit in silence with a book and not be distracted by a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Uh, I want to say that I'm kind of the biggest social media user of the three of us. Mm -hmm. I'm on it constantly. Um, I actually wanted to do like a quick experiment before we uh, kind of move on from social media and the dangers and harms of social media. Um, okay. I want you guys to go to your explore page on Instagram right now. Mm -hmm. And I want you to tell me. All right. Do you guys have it open? Yes. Michael? Opening it up. Go ahead. Okay, I want you to tell me what the largest photo on the top right is for you. Um, mine so is... A my oh, you can go, Mike. Go ahead. Okay. So mine is a Sylvester Stallone gift <laughs> of him giving a speech. <laughs> okay, shush. And he's in a... It's like in the 70s. He's got this like... You know those frilly, frilly shirts? <laughs> Like at the front with the yeah. front frill. Yeah. Oh my god. And he's got a little bow tie on, and it's like a a like a yellowish green color Ew. with like a black suit jacket on. It's hilarious. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's awful. <laughs> it's like the seventies or eighties. I don't know. Oh my god, Shushu. This is so hilarious. Shushu, what's mine, yours? Mine is a little Chihuahua cuddling into a blanket. Um, <laughs> mine is an American bulldog eating a Q-tip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay. What do you guys have? So tell me kind of the general theme of the other images on yours, Shireen. On mine? Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see some memes. Um, I can see a lot of clothing and like shopping type things. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am seeing one because, you know, on the side, they'll like put videos. I'm seeing... Um, before and after rhinoplasty videos. Wow. I have a before mm-hmm. and after weight loss video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is super messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing cute things. I want to say for the most part, it's like clothing. Um, I have some clothing, but for the most part, it's uh, plants, rare plants, and cats. <laughs> uh, for mine, it's a bunch of comics. A bunch of dogs, a bunch of cats, uh, and a bunch of the the 80s action movies. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> nice. Like Sylvester Stallone and like Arnold, like my favorites, you know, uh, you got to go with the Rambos and got to go with, you know, the Commando, those, all those old funny movies. But, like, oh but also acknowledging that these figures are problematic as fuck. Oh, of course. I know. I know. There's a ton of issues with this stuff, but it it's just like the movies I grew up with. Of right? course, Nostalgia. of course, and like just sheer enjoyment. Like it, it's all toxic masculinity. <laughs> toxic masculinity. I, sorry, I can't say that word right now. Uh, it's it's all a bunch of that, but like I know what it is, right? So it doesn't bother me in the slightest. <laughs> Can we talk about? The amount of advertising that goes on via social media. Oh, my God. Can we just like, but we need to acknowledge first that we are also advertising on social media. Mm hmm. Right. So that's acknowledged. I mean, yeah, but I think it's mm-hmm. a huge difference. Yeah, no- we're, we're you're promoting a free podcast that I believe is beneficial to everyone to listen to. Aww. No matter no, who you nice. are, no matter you know your your race, religion, or sex, mm-hmm. um, but you know, but there there's a ton of stuff that's useless. Like I I have an ad here for like some some watch that's garbage. Mm-hmm. Is it the watch I keep sending it, it's like you? A, it's yeah, it's like one of the watches that Nora keeps sending me of like these quartz things. It's like oh, it's like fancy quartz. It's made to last forever, and they like smack a hammer on it, and nothing happened. Like yeah, bullshit. I smack a hammer on that thing. It's gonna smash into a billion pieces. Um, well, Mike, obviously, what you're supposed to do is buy it, smash it with a hammer, and then yell at them. But no, nude. It's it's less about okay. It's advertising that encourages consumerism. Not advertising that encourages, like, I mean, Bro. being involved in art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because okay. social media. The advertising that makes you feel bad about yourself, mm. like, go fuck yourself. Exactly. Oh, you mean the teamy blends? Oh, my. Like, you get ads for those? Dude, every weight loss supplement, diet, detox, um, eating disorder in the making is on my feed. I've been, (laughs) I've been, I know, I know it's bad. I've actually been trying to 
declutter my feed of like fitness influencers, even though I actually Mm. really enjoy, like I really enjoy watching the workouts they come up with. And it is inspiring to be like, hey, maybe I'll try something like that. And then like, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it's cool because you're like, look, people are exercising. I can go to the gym too, is how I feel about it. But then hand in hand with following those people, you become a target market. You become mm-hmm. a person who is A, interested in fitness or B, trying to lose weight. So you become like this vulnerable target audience. And it's like, can I just please watch some workout videos while eating Cheetos and fucking peace? <laughs> right? <laughs> God damn it. I just want to be in my bed eating Cheetos, not being sold something every 15 seconds. Yes. <laughs> right? Honestly, I I actually get a ton of ads as well, but it's but it's for tech mm. stuff because that's all I kind of look for, mm-hmm. right? Like, what's my new tech toy that I'm gonna get into? What is your new tech toy that you're gonna get into? Uh, honestly, I think I'm gonna be um, making uh, using the Raspberry Pi and making my own uh, camera system mm. for our house. Yeah. I'm pretty excited cool. about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really fun project. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing is, like, there's an algorithm, right? That And that's how things are advertised to us. But mm-hmm. you click on something once, even if it's something you're just vaguely interested in, and you will see it forever. Like, I, so I said in the, in our like New Year's Eve episode or New Year's Day, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, that, I said that one of the things I want to do is try to buy more sustainable clothing made out of sustainable fabrics Mm -hmm. and kind of generate less waste because I am someone who really cannot um, resist a nice dress, right? I know. And so so in the 18 days that we've been in 2020, I've seen so many ads and I actually feel the desire to like click on some of these outfits some of these pretty dresses mm-hmm. and for every every single day of those 18 days i'm like no <laughs> this is not sustainable you don't yes. need it but there are people who have not made this resolution so think how much purchasing and waste is going on and like on a daily basis there are certain websites out there who i won't name for fear of lawsuits even though i don't know if we're big <laughs> enough to you know what? No, oh, they'll, they'll, I challenge the companies to find us and make us huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, um, if we're talking about like Wish and Shein and Romwe and Alibaba and stuff like that, don't only imagine how much stuff is being shipped around the globe, but how much stuff is arriving that is just, it's garbage. It's not what you ordered. It's basically a rag. You thought you were getting a wedding dress. What the fuck happened? You, <laughs> you message, you message customer support and you're like, I ordered a wedding dress and you sent me a dish rag and they'll say, Oh, we're so sorry. Here's your refund. And they won't ask for their dish rag back. So now you have a piece of garbage dish rag in your house. And where the fuck are you going to put the dish rag? You're not going to use it for any projects. Maybe you don't sew. I don't sew. I would never know how to use this. And now it's just in my goddamn house and it's not an actual thing that I can use and it's garbage, but I don't want to put it in the landfill. And it's just in my house. (sighs) 
Yes. <laughs> and that is part completely, of the problem. <laughs> completely. Yeah. This huge problem. Yeah. <laughs> Can I actually go back to, to uh, talking about social media a bit? Because I had, I had another topic on that. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the th- or actually I have two, uh, number one being, uh, you know, like, uh, pictures of yourself, like sexting and, and, and sex pictures mm-hmm. and things like that. I know that, or well, actually I don't know because I didn't live through it. Mm-hmm. I missed all of that stuff. Our phones didn't re- like, a, not a lot of phones had cameras and, the cameras were garbage on them. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't even send pictures to each other. There was no whole sexting kind of thing. The, you know, there was no dick pics. There was no, you know, nude photos being sent. Like, oh, send nudes. There was none of that. Was there phone um, sex? Like, I grew up with the, like the MSN kind of. Oh, sex, MSN. Sex, right? I miss MSN yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with that MSN, like talking to girls like all the time mm-hmm. and things like that. And I did have a shitty webcam at one point, mm-hmm. like when I was super ripped and like I, I, I would like show I would show ladies my tummy. But um, <laughs> it wasn't a tummy at the time, but it was a washboard. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, you know, like there was a bit of that, but. But there was no sexting. There was no, like, you couldn't upload it and, and it would stay on Facebook mm-hmm. forever or things like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, people now, be, be very careful who you send this your, your photos to. Once it's out there, they're going to, you don't know they're, if they're trustworthy. You don't know if they're going to send it to all their friends. Mm-hmm. Then then your, your photo is just going to be out there. It mm-hmm. might be posted up on a website and stay there for your entire life. You might be running for congresswoman. Yeah, you might. Yeah, you never know. You might be trying to run for prime minister or president or something along those lines. You got some nudes out there. This is something that chances there's. This is something that actually happened last week. Um, I don't know the details, but I heard about it in another podcast uh, called Just Between Us, hosted by Allison Raskin and Gabby Dunn. It's one of my favorite podcasts. But anyway, they were talking about a congresswoman who had to step down either from the role or from running. I was paying half attention. Um, but she had to step down because like an ex-boyfriend who's just shitty, like put out revenge porn of her. Mm. Yeah, like look at that. Just because... And it might not even be her fault. It might have been like a secret recording or something along those it's lines. It's never her fault. The person taking but, the photo is never at fault for having chosen to take the photo. The person who is despicable enough to say, you know what? Thank you so much for your trust. Excuse me while I throw it in your face and fuck up your entire life. Yeah. No, I was saying like, what if what if the guy recorded without her even knowing either? Mm -hmm. Like there's there's a lot of that, Mm -hmm. too. Like you not only do you have to watch out for stuff that you put out Mm -hmm. there, but you also have to watch out for people recording you without knowing. That's true. Like it's so dangerous now. And especially with all this uh, like sex hookup culture happening. You don't know. Although apparently people are not having sex as much now as they did before. But now with this whole kind of Tinder thing, and then it's all about, yo, how many girls did you you sleep with? How many girls did you sleep with? Oh, I've got some photos. I've got some photos. And I've actually witnessed this. Jesus. I've witnessed this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, she didn't know I was taking this photo. Jesus. I was like, Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't <sighs> like she didn't know you were taking this shit. What the fuck is wrong with That's you? So gross. 
That's fucking it's, disgusting. It's disgusting. It gives it's so nasty. Yeah, they have like this really inflated sense of power now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like tech kind of gives us the ability to be anonymous. It kind of gives us access to people all the time. It de- it puts a camera in our pocket. I was in a really bad car accident uh last year. Um, and I was accordioned between two cars. Jeez. I'm fine though. So um <laughs> Thank God. It was really traumatizing and bad. Um, and people slowed their cars down on the freeway to take pictures and video record the fact that my car had been crushed. That's yeah, fucking and you're upsetting. so vulnerable in the accordion car. Yeah, and I'm so vulnerable. Like, I could have been severely injured, you know? Um, shout out to the Honda Civic for being a safe car and saving my <laughs> life. But... Uh, you know, they they did that. Multiple people did that, and I was getting so mad. I was like, the next person who slows down, I'm gonna rip their phone out of their hands and just like throw it across the freeway. Rocket! <laughs> people do that. It's like this sense of entitlement. Like I'm entitled to know everything about everyone and record it, even if they don't want it to be recorded. Oh, it's fucking hugely dangerous. I think the next uh, the next big thing that that people will buy, especially for people who are security and privacy conscious, is uh, like a commercial um, a commercial jammer. Mm. Like uh, you know, if you can buy some, guaranteed, there's jammers already out there, or EM, like even EMP stuff that that, that can turn off tech. Um, EMP being electromagnetic pulse. Yeah, but the. That's not something for for the average consumer, but like some kind of interference device I see in the near future coming out, like for people that are sick of everyone recording everything around them. Trademarked to Michael 2020. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. You know, a personal jamming device that just interferes with anything that would be around you, maybe recording or or anything along those lines. I don't know how how the governments will. Yeah, I feel like that would be super illegal. Like that would be super illegal. Yeah, but I see that. Yeah, but it's already happening in in like the black markets underground. Yeah, because uh, it's super you know, illegal and and things like that. Yeah, I know, but you know, eventually, I feel like the governments will allow people to have their privacy in a world where you can't get away from it unless you buy a certain. But device, the governments you know? don't benefit from our privacy. They benefit from our vulnerability. They benefit from knowing every goddamn detail of our lives so that they can more effectively fuck us over. Oh yeah, actually. This leads us into a new topic because, Mike, you want you feel like smart homes are a good idea, and I'm out here being like, I don't want to be spied on. So, can you please talk about that a little? <laughs> sure. Um, so, smart homes and being spied on. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not pleased or I'm not thrilled with the fact that they are listening. Um, but honestly. What kind of useful information do they get? Advertising information. Um, but we just agreed that that's useful. They, they might them. be trying to listen. Yeah, but it's and harmful if, to if, us. If all advertising, if all advertising is um, smart homes, like Google or Amazon, um, I'm sure they do listen. I'm sure they do hear a bunch of stuff. They they say they're not using it for anything uh, except for, I guess, getting the the device smarter. Is that 
Is that something that uh, that you've heard about, Shushu? Mm-hmm. Have you heard that they were just listening in to use it oh, to yeah. kind of oh, yeah. make their algorithm better and things like oh, that? We all agree that I've heard too, right? Uh, I, it's terrifying. You know what? I don't. I've actually like being in my role at least mm-hmm. at a bank. Privacy and and people's information it's actually taken quite seriously. Obviously, mm-hmm. because you we're talking bank accounts and things like that. I don't have any access to bank account information at all, but that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm, so course. when I see I don't have any kind of access, so there are companies out there that really do limit control and access to people's sensitive information. So I'm assuming that if they actually say we're not going to use any sensitive information, if they do, you know, there's going to be a huge court ruling and they're going to get slapped with millions of dollars, mm-hmm. which has happened. How often do you think that companies like getting slapped with those fines? And do you think that it's worth worth it for them to to attempt to circumvent these laws? Yes, I think it is. Yeah, yeah I think that uh, the several million that they have to pay out in a lawsuit is uh, small potatoes compared to the income that they get from being able to target us and advertise to us and uh, use our information in underhanded ways. Yeah. 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 I completely agree. But but now we also have to note that there are companies paying for this information. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, as well, which is why right? it's so much more profitable to steal the information and just pay out in the lawsuits. It's just cost some, of doing business. Companies can afford it. Exactly. And I know yeah. which company no, I'm talking about. They put it in their model. Yeah. They put in their model. It's like just cost of doing business. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll steal. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> I honestly I don't. I I kind of want to turn a blind eye to to that kind of stuff because I am so heavily involved in tech, and I don't want to believe that that they are trying to steal my information mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they're not. Half the times I'm hitting accept. I'm I'm clicking okay. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes, yes, yes. So obviously I know I'm giving them the rights to like use whatever the hell I exactly. want. Exactly. That's what I was going to say um, next. So, you know, at the same time, I'm giving them those rights, but there's also no other alternative if I actually want to use their system or product. So, Great. So let's no, jump into the, why Why do you want to use those products? Why do we have these things in our home? Convenience. Okay, so Mm. we're aware of the privacy issues. We understand the consequences. We recognize that we're being targeted for advertising. And we recognize that we are being used as profit cogs in a broken system. However, every single room in this house is equipped with a... um, What should we we call it so that we don't trigger it? Uh, Just like us... You can call it an Amazon device. Yeah. Yeah. Can I call her my personal assistant? Yeah. Yes. Sweet. So we have a personal assistant in every room in the house. Most of our lights are hooked up to the personal assistant. Um, What else, babe? Our temperature is hooked up to the personal assistant. Um, If we were to get a uh, robot vacuum and there was a way to hook it up to the personal assistant, I 100% would do that. Uh, Our Christmas lights when they're up are hooked up to the personal assistant. Like I haven't touched a light switch in like two years. 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. You know, like it's sometimes <laughs> I say it and I'm right beside the light switch. And <laughs> it's become habit now where I say the phrase to turn off the lights instead of actually pressing the button. Mm-hmm. Just because I could keep walking without even having to, you know, halt for a second, <laughs> pause and like click the switch. No, I don't. All I just I just keep walking and as I'm walking I say a phrase and the light turns off. I love it. It's like I'm in Star Trek. Yeah. You know, like like Captain's Log. <laughs> um, obviously, I live in the same house, and I can attest to how fantastic and useful it is. Um, we don't have any arguments anymore about uh, like just factual information because we ask our personal assistant, and she just settles it like that. <laughs> you forgot to say the best part. What's the best part? The music? The best part is that when we're both in bed, oh my god! <laughs> and there's a light to be turned off. No one gets up. None of us have to get up. We do not have to get out of our comfy spot mm-hmm. to go turn off the light. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> the most glorious thing in the world. We don't even have to uncuddle. It's great. No. Um, I'm super anti-smart homes though because I just want to remind you guys this is all cool, but I'm ninety percent sure Amazon is spying on you. <laughs> Oh, 100%. Okay. Oh, oh, can I tell you the creepiest story? Sure. Okay. Creepy pasta. Okay. The other day, the, the other day my personal assistant was like going green and yellow in circles around her head. Mm-hmm. And and Mike and I look at each other and I'm like, "Baby, what the fuck is she doing?" And you look at me and you're like, I don't know. I've, I've never seen this happen before. And we just kind of watch it do this for a little while longer. And it started while we were in the middle of a conversation. And then mm-hmm. when we weren't talking, it stopped. And then we started talking again and it lit up again. So Mike said, hey, assistant, what are you doing? And she literally said, listening. Oh, my God. I would have just <laughs> tossed it right out of the window. <laughs> It did not say that. What did it say then? You were there. I think it was saying it was saying I'm learning. It's something along the lines of I'm learning. (laughs) That's because for listening, you could imagine that maybe she heard something that sounded like her name and was trying to make sense of a command. But when she's like (laughs) learning, she's like, "Oh, sorry, I was spying on you so that I know what to advertise." (laughs) No, no, (laughs) no. But even worse than that, like learning is sentient. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not here for the. Well, it's learning. It's learning. It's like air quotes learning. You know, it's like the the system is either getting an update from Amazon or it's trying to pull together all the common questions that we put in and send it back to their servers for it to send it back. <laughs> Listen, or for for their data to to analyze it and then you know reintroduce or introduce those new questions into their database of questions and then they answer. Okay. I is basically how I think I'm sorry. Works. I have seen the matrix too many times for any of that to be real. Um, I just want to say she was shopping on Amazon for a knife and she's going to kill you guys Ooh. because your assistant. Because oh my God. <laughs> Dude, I'm not here for all of this AI stuff. I don't want robots to look at me. I don't want them to talk to me. The only robot that is allowed in my general vicinity is a Roomba because it's vacuuming. Uh, and I, I know like it doesn't know anything. 
I feel like we're stepping into I, my futuristic territory. So let's get back to like just smart homes the way they are right now. Okay. I mean, so Mike, you think like we prioritize convenience and comfort over privacy currently? Uh, yeah, that's the choice right now. Mm-hmm. It's either you are pro-convenience or you are, you know, uh, pro-privacy. Do you think it's possible to have it all? No. No, no, no. I I don't. I think it's totally possible to have that. Yes, mm-hmm. but for that kind of service, you'd have to pay for it. Like you would have to pay for a private service that doesn't use your information because because you how, pay them. Why else would Why else would Google be giving you these free services if it's not to make money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, like. That's that's how I God think capitalism is really the root of all of our problems. Right? It is. Right? It really is. Mike, if you is there something no, sorry, is there something like in <laughs> terms of like smart home building that doesn't exist that you think is going to come out soon? Uh well, there's a few things that I think about when I think about tech mm-hmm. uh in in homes. And uh, one of the things I think about is um, like 3D printers. Mm. So think about think about 3D printers um, that you see out there. I actually have a 3D printer. It's one of the most inexpensive ones you can actually buy, mm-hmm. but uh, it it prints and it makes little 3D models in like a 10 by 10 area. So 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter, mm-hmm. not uh, not inches. Um, and it'll print anything that within those dimensions. So all I gotta do is design up whatever I want you know, and, and print it mm-hmm. out. Uh, it, it's fantastic. It's lovely, but there's limitations to it. Yeah. It doesn't do metal. It can't do any kind of, what? um, like it can do some mechanical things, but you know, there's no metal integration. There's no circuit tree inter- integration, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And for maybe the home hobbyist or even home, just homeowners in the near future, we might, I, I think we'll have some kind of like replicator system where it'll be like a 3D printer, but it prints plastic, metal, anything you want. Like if if you can purchase that material and you stick it in this machine, it'll it'll make it for we you. We don't have to buy screws and I think anymore? That, yeah, we might not, we, we won't have to, well, screws in bulk, okay, <laughs> but let's say you have one screw that breaks mm-hmm. and you don't want to go to the store, you could just make a screw. Like that would save the handy person or that person that creates objects, uh, like unique objects, mm-hmm. or or needs to make a replacement part for something that breaks. That's very specialized, a, a breeze, yeah. right? And I think that for the average homeowner that just wants to do small repairs around their house, kind of like this this three D model would be perfect because a piece breaks on your home. You go to the printer, you select the replacement piece you want to print. Bingo, bango, it's done in a few hours or maybe a few minutes. Like it would be hours now, but a few minutes in the future. And there you have it. You have a, a perfectly, you know, new piece or or a new a new item entirely that you created. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to talk That's about. That's pretty exciting. The, I like that. I'm looking forward to having that be a possibility. And like it seems ridiculous, but I'm looking at a window right now because I'm sitting in the living room. Um, you know that window that we have where the thing that opens it is like loose and broken? 
Yeah. Like if we could just print yeah. something to figure out how to fix that instead of having to like replace the entire mechanism, that would be useful. Yeah. Exactly. Like all these specialty parts where, you know, the you would have to send it in to the manufacturer because it's a part that only they make. Ugh. I think that I, I'm on the we should have a right to repair the stuff that we purchase. We know that it's your intellectual property and that's fine. But like your production methods or your, you know, your patents. Great. If if it's something along those lines, fantastic. Maybe, you know, this replicating this replicator will say can't print this due to patents or oh, whatever. Yeah, so the replicator would but, be like wise yeah, or, or you would, could like pay for the like you know you could download the print from the manufacturer's website and then pay for the print and then print it out that's pretty cool yeah i would think that that would be a better option for everyone instead of the current oh this can only be repaired at apple or this can only be repaired at dell Mm -hmm. you know we you can't do anything about it you can't repair it yourself no you have to send it in and then and then obviously if you have that kind of mentality you're you know you're going to get gouged when it comes to repairs mm-hmm. and and half the times you might as well buy a new one mm-hmm. right how many times have you heard oh this broke i'm going to go buy a new and one and that that ties back into sustainability where if we're capable of taking care of more of the things in our own tech and around our own homes then there would be less uh throwaway and there would be less trash because repairs would be so much more accessible yeah. I mean, I think for like big corporations, because uh, we don't want to keep buying things from them because we're just enabling them, this would be really good. I worry like the ability to print everything would somehow negatively impact brick and mortar stores. And I worry about tech kind of making us more and more homebound, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. definitely a well, concern. Well, I, I, I see mm-hmm. your point. Yeah, I see your point on that one, Shushu. But in terms of what is economical Mm -hmm. you would this kind of printing or replicator it would be more cost efficient to to purchase in bulk if you have like i don't know you 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 want to redo your Mm -hmm. deck and you need to have like twenty thousand screws you're not going to set your printer to print Mm twenty thousand screws it'll take 10 years you're gonna you're gonna go buy that from a factory that produces screws at like 20 million Mm -hmm. a second right so it would be those kinds yeah. of things where, you know, I, I don't foresee this being in everyone's home, but definitely the handy mm-hmm. person and the tech conscious, uh, the average handy person or the, the tech conscious person would yeah. want this. Um, an, another thing that 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 I was really thinking about and and dream about, I, I dream about this is a robot chef. Mm. Oh, my God. We have fantasized about our robot chef <laughs> so much. <laughs> Okay, cooking sucks. Like a robot chef where it cooking Sorry. sucks. So I'm I'm like tentatively yeah. on board with this. <laughs> See, look, there's there's tech for yeah. everyone. Honestly, there is tech for everyone. So imagine a personal mm-hmm. chef. Imagine this uh right now I'm just thinking about it. it's a rail in the ceiling and the it, it's got two arms or four arms or whatever coming out from the ceiling and it can it kind of stows away it stows away up above when it's off, mm-hmm. but you can activate it and tell you where to, you know, and tell it to make you this item or that item. And then you would have a little pantry where you fill it in with the items uh, designated for it, or you can designate it yourself like, oh, okay, L, you know, A1 
my little A1 has lemons okay. in it. A2 has parsley in it. A3 <laughs> has whatever in it. And then you would tell the robot what's in each. And the robot would know, okay, time to make some lemonade. And go grab lemons and sugar and then put it all together. Yeah, I mean, I would be That's down for that. That's what I want. So anyone listening, please make that. <laughs> I'd be down for that also because like some, um, it would kind of give more freedom to like the elderly and disabled populations. Because yes! you would have someone, yes. you know, cooking good things for them. And I do like that. But that kind of tech like wouldn't be spying on you. It would just be programmed to like listen to, not so much listen. I would rather we didn't speak to it. But, you know, you could tell it like pasta is in this corner. Um, so yeah, but no, you can't, but, but guaranteed whoever makes this would have it hooked up to some servers mm-hmm. listening to, <laughs> yeah. to tell you, Oh, uh-huh. it, it'll learn new, it'll learn new recipes on its uh-huh. own. I was just about to say that there is no way that anybody producing tech in this day and age is doing so without placing their own profits first and placing their own profits first will most certainly mean that we will be spied on. Yeah, anyway, so I feel like the solution here is to just completely dismantle the system that we're operating under currently uh, and kind of move towards socialism, but that's fine. But, Nude, so, like, we've been talking about, like, really, like, tech-forward things, and I'm, like, low-key into this chef, but I also don't want to be spied on. (laughs) You wanted to go, like, you wanted to go even further, I did. I wanted to go a step further with tech. I was listening to This American Life, the podcast, Ira Glass. Oh, yeah. And uh, there, yeah, there was an episode on cryogenics. And this episode, can I just tell you, it blew my goddamn mind. So I don't remember any like names or dates or details. I have a feeling that this is like mid 70s, early 80s type of situation. Um, But basically it was an interview with this guy who was like the father of cryogenics. Mm -hmm. He was just this random blue collar working class dude who discovered this club that was like, they were all about freezing themselves for the future. So this guy is like, this is amazing. I'm charismatic and super fun and you scientists love me. So let me be your leader and like preach the word of cryogenics so that we can all freeze ourselves and come back when the world is better in a hundred years. Spoiler Mm -hmm. fucking alert. (laughs) We are not on track for it to be better. No, we are not. Um, In fact, it is I would argue significantly worse now than it was. You know what? No, it's not significantly worse. We have made massive strides in many areas and we have gone so far behind in many others. Mm-hmm. It's just chaos and I don't know how I feel. So I'm going to go back to cryogenics. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> just every time you talk about cryogenics, though, or cryogenics, I think about idiocracy. <laughs> So just just know that while you're talking, I'm thinking about idiocracy <laughs> and and everything and everything that goes along with so it. So every time you chuckle, you're thinking of idiocracy. Okay. <laughs> yes, I yes. love that. By the way, if Shushu, have you seen Idiocracy? I haven't. Okay, it is like how do I say this? It is required viewing. Okay, I think. I think that it is the responsibility of every citizen of the free world to make themselves aware of the film Idiocracy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it it's at this point in time when it came out it was way ahead of mm. its time mm-hmm. it it's portraying 
the future that is happening now. Yeah, it's starting just, with it's just a documentary. Now. Trump, I believe. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like a it's a it's a mock for me. It's it's a do, it's going to be a documentary in a couple okay. hundred years. Yeah. It's like this movie. This was the start of the downfall of the world. Yes. Okay. Anyways, um, so cryogenics. Basically, this guy convinces people to freeze their loved ones. The machine in which the first loved one was frozen uh, ran out of fuel. The fuel could not be replaced. The body started to... Oh, no, wait, sorry. He didn't have a second machine and couldn't get the funds for a second machine. So the second loved one Mm -hmm. was placed in the same machine as the first one. And Mm -hmm. when... They opened the door too much of whatever fluid leaked out. Like, I really highly recommend this episode. I'll stick it in the show notes so that Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Um, For anyone who wants to listen to This American uh, Life, talk about this properly. But anyways, this machine breaks down, both bodies decompose, and this person is dishonest about the state of the bodies for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Basically, none of those people were effectively frozen. And even at the time of the freezing, there was no idea how they would revive the person on the other side. But they trusted that science would evolve enough that by the time they were ready to be awoken, there would be a way to do that. Okay. Is this making sense so far? Yes. So to continue this conversation, I'm going to ask Shushu, Mm -hmm. if you had the option upon your passing to be frozen for a period of your choosing and reawaken at a time in the future, what would you say to that? Absolutely not. Why not? First of all, cryogenics, that's pseudoscience. So the fact that I would only be frozen after I was already clinically dead already tells me that there is no way I would be brought back to life. And two... When I die, that is just my time to go. I honestly don't think there would be any benefit in me coming back, receiving some kind of crazy-ass culture shock because everyone is so much more advanced, and then dying again because of the shock. So I think when I die, I would just rather be dead and then like be a tree or something. Yeah. I feel the complete opposite <laughs> way. Like, like freeze me right now i'm sorry i'm sorry my love but i mean freeze me right now take me to the future how quickly is right it acceptable now. for me to remarry that's all i need to know <laughs> <laughs> well i'll be frozen so it doesn't matter you can you can remarry a week after after i'm frozen oh. it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. i'll just know that i will miss but... you, my love <laughs> of course i know. <laughs> <laughs> don't remarry a week after she might I'm after i'm after I'm dead. Um, love, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Please go on. Continue. Uh, Why do you want to come back? Okay, first of all, what year would you like to return? Okay, I would want to return in about 2,000 years. And I think 2,000 years is enough. Enough. To like the 4,000s? Either. Yeah, the 4,000s. So either it'll be a complete disaster. Or I think everything will be phenomenal. Hmm. But like one or the other, honestly. You're willing like you want to know. You're willing to make that gamble. But I do want to know, and I'm and I am willing to take that gamble and go live in the future just to see what it is. Because in my lifetime, you know, I'll never see that. Uh, I mean, 
See, I'm torn. Every day I decide something different. Most days I'm like, no, ew, don't freeze my fucking body. And Chushu, obviously, mm-hmm. we're not thinking about the actual science involved here. We're mm-hmm. thinking about a future in which so much research has been done that it is, in fact, possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I teeter-totter. Some days I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. I want to see what the year 3033 is like. Why 3033? Probably because idiocracy. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, I'm so curious. I want to know so badly. I would just, I would love to close my eyes and just like see into the future. Because like, I literally just want a glimpse. I don't even want to experience it. I just want to see it. Mm -hmm. But then other days I'm like, are you fucking insane? I don't want to be frozen for thousands of years. Like, don't fucking do that to my body. Please let me die. I mean, Nude, it sounds like the healthy middle, since we're talking about fake science, that I can guarantee will never (laughs) exist. I can guarantee will never, ever exist. But since uh, since we're just talking about, like, quackery, the healthy middle would just be time travel. I think it would be cool if we could just, like, (laughs) come back. Wait, wait, wait. You believe in time travel before, like, no, she's saying they're equally stupid. I said, since we're talking oh, about okay. quackery and things that will never ever happen, <laughs> okay. it seems like the healthy, ridiculous middle would be time travel because then you don't have to like be dead, right? I mean, yeah, I true. honestly foresee cryogenics being real in thirty to fifty years. I th- no, absolutely not. I, dude. I don't. No way. Not. I don't think that soon because we still have to figure out a way to to freeze ourselves without destroying them. Here's brain. the thing: when I say cryogenics, I don't necessarily mean that freezing will be the method we go with. I just think that there will be a way to preserve both the body and the consciousness for a prolonged period of time until a cure is found for their ailments. Okay, um, dude, I have something to say to this. Um, We, in all of the years of uh, people studying cell therapies, there is like one on the market or something. (laughs) Do you know when like stem cells were first characterized way like so long ago, so long ago? Um, to this day, when I thaw a vial of cells out of liquid nitrogen, which is a form of like cryogenic preservation, most of them die. And then I'm on a race against the <laughs> clock to try to get them to come back to life and try to oh my God. and try to bring the few stragglers yeah. back to health. Your job is so fucking cool. It's literally it's fine, but I'm just saying. It's so cool. The, just the way that the thing is, like, what keeps a cell from not being damaged post thaw or during the freezing process is using cryoprotectants. These cryoprotectants are usually incredibly toxic. They will prevent ice crystals from forming within the body of the cell. And these ice crystals, if they do form, would puncture and kill the cell. But they are Jeez. toxic. So once I thaw them, you do have to like wash them pretty vigorously so that they no longer have that toxic substance that is keeping them from dying during the freezing process. Not only that, once you put them in a cryoprotectant, you have to freeze them very slowly, like one Celsius at a time. 
before they're able this to go into liquid so nitrogen. Involved. Yes, it's 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 not a pr- and it's not a perfect process because a lot of cells cannot stand freezing and thawing. And so you have people who overfill vials like we'll put a lot more than we need in a vial because we know that mm-hmm. x amount is going to die. And that's like so many cells. You are talking about a technology that would be able to preserve every cell and tissue type. And that's just frankly never going to happen i would actually be more willing to believe that time travel is more possible than actual cryogenics no way yeah wow no no and i know you're you? yeah i believe you i believe you shushu i really do i'm just saying you heard it here from a scientist first cryogenics is out but time travel is in folks book (laughs) your tickets okay nude but you also did not hear what i said i'm also not a physicist it's a lot easier to believe in the possibility of things when you're not an expert in that thing 100 percent. which is why i'm so ready to believe that there is this wild future in which so much is possible i recognize that none of my um I mean, obviously, my ideas about science are based in science fiction, which, Shushu, I know it's not your genre, but it is one of my preferred genres. Um, And I I would like to see that sort of thing happen. More realistically, though, I want to talk about something that is currently, I think, starting to be marketed. Okay. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I've seen stuff like this beginning to emerge. Mm -hmm. Sex dolls. Yeah. That's not new like, though. No, no, it's no, not I mean, new, like, but like AI sex dolls. Oh, uh, yes. interactive sex dolls. Um, you know, ones that are actually heavy that have electronics in them that provide functions, lubrication, things like that. Mm-hmm. That meet your exact requirement of a, a sexual or romantic partner. Mm-hmm. Um so this fascinates me. And I kind of want to hear you guys' thoughts on it first, because from where I'm standing, I'm just fascinated with not much of an opinion. So how do Mm. we feel about the possibility of people accessing um, sex dolls that would be as effective almost as a person in providing sexual gratification? Honestly, I'm I'm all for it if it keeps people from forcing themselves on others. Hmm. You know, that's my thinking, too. I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum because I do see how that might be a benefit. But also, in general, I feel that if someone wants to be violent, they will be violent. Um, And second, they could program they could program their specific doll to be like capable of withstanding and. I don't know, just doing whatever they needed to do. Yeah, but I feel like they should go to jail, maybe. <laughs> like, I don't think. It's- <laughs> well, no, well, uh- well, listen, there's, there's, you know, that's that's a huge topic. If you were going to mm-hmm. get into that, then we have to get into, you know, do some people actually deserve rehabilitation or, yeah. you know, or or our thoughts? You know, can we charge people on thoughts? Because there are, mm-hmm. there are a ton of like pedophiles out there that don't actually do anything about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you then for at least those people make like a sex robot that imitates so that they don't no, actually try and do the real not. thing. Like, no, I, you know, I get it. But at the same time, it I, becomes a moral yes, and ethical dilemma. Yes. Because doesn't everyone deserve to be happy? 
Yes, but do they deserve to be happy under these circumstances? Do they deserve to be happy as long as they're not hurting anyone else? I think so. I do too. Say something. Can I just say something that is completely different from like crimes? Um, so my my problem with this, like, just from a you know um, standard everyday person perspective is that it kind of encourages a kind of laziness and will make people less willing to make actual deep-rooted connections with other human beings. Do you want those mm-hmm. people having connections with well, know, uh, Mike, communities I'm with children said, said and things everyday like that? People. I said everyday people, just oh, like your normal, yeah. you're like just person yeah, who's just like people chilling. wouldn't get some kind of fancy sex doll that, that does all the things that it's a real time. person would do okay. if they're, you know, in a relationship. So we're saying that th- these are for people who are uh, struggling with something mentally. Is that what we're saying? It's time for Nora's hypothetical. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going to give you two hypotheticals. Cool. Hypothetical number one is that a violent predator, instead of being a violent predator, and in this hypothetical, this is effective. Um a violent predator, instead of being a violent predator, um, orders a AI who meets and serves their every need, and so they never feel the need to go and be violent predators. Mm-hmm. That's one possibility, and I think that that's what we're leaning towards talking about. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about Billy Bob John Joe. Oh, God, this dude again? <laughs> yes. Who's I Billy Bob John Joe? Bad. He's an incel from an episode ago. <laughs> he's no longer an incel, I'm guessing. No, no, he's um, no Billy Bob John Joe is just a guy. A chap, he, I thought he was like Billy Bob Thornton. Like that's what I remember. Or did you say Billy Bob John Joe? So it was Billy Bob oh, John okay. Joe. I apologize some, then. Some side character from To Kill a Mockingbird that nude made up, and I guess he's no longer an incel. He's now a Chad. Congratulations. <laughs> So no, he's not a Chad. He's not an incel. He's 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 thirty five years old. Okay, he's had like one serious relationship in college, but you know she was like really ambitious. It wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. He's really happy for her. Mm-hmm. He says happy birthday on Facebook once a year. It's all very friendly and fine. He you know he goes to work. He comes home. He's kind of tired. He lives alone in a condo. He owns it though, so like good for him, mm-hmm. Billy Bob John Joe. And like he's just he's really tired, man. He's just he's tired, he's lonely. He just he really needs to like he's doing it with his hand. It's just not satisfying that urge. He's really shy around women. He doesn't know how to talk to them. He has no access to therapy. He's never listened to a podcast that encourages him <laughs> to go to therapy. And he goes online one day searching for porn. Nothing weird, just normal standard guy porn to just get off. And he notices an advertisement for a sex doll that he can customize. Now, I've done this with cars. Uh, Once in a while, I'll go on the Mini Cooper website and uh, customize my Mini Cooper. It's very soothing to think about the future. I know they're so cute. Mm -hmm. But like, so he just goes on this website and the customization process is free. And Billy Bob John Joe starts to design Belinda... Bobette. (laughs) Why do they all have so many first names? (laughs) Let me go through my creative process. She's writing. She's writing. 
Okay. So Belinda, Bobette, Joanne, uh, Josephine is designed. She has the exact hair color he always imagined his future wife would have, the exact eye color he imagined. He gets to put this jewelry on her that he imagines that he purchased for her because he's doing better than he really is in real life because mortgages are a real strain. And like, he's happy now. And like, he's just with this doll for the rest of his life and the doll never ages. And it's, it's just, it's fine. Do we have a problem with this? This man needs psychiatric help, nude. Completely. I completely agree with that. Thank you, Mike. This man needs psychiatric help. He needs therapy. He needs to start listening to <laughs> encouraging him to go to therapy. And he will never be happy because this cannot be a replacement for actual companionship. This godforsaken man is going to be miserable forever. <laughs> Um, he can get on a dating app. He doesn't be have to be out here spending thousands of dollars being a creep. <laughs> well, well is he man. being a creep though? Just because he wants to do his own thing in the privacy of his own home, is he a creep? No, he has never bothered a woman in his entire life. He's actually really woke. He's got friends from college. He attends the marches. He's a decent dude. These, he's a decent dude. These things do not line up with each other. <laughs> he cannot be all of these things. Listen, listen to me. Like this, uh, Belinda, etc. Is uh, she is a caricature and two dimensional version of a woman that he has fantasized about. He needs to go to a therapist. No, people are not entitled. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. This man is not entitled to being with a woman. I'm sorry. Some things in life take effort. One of the things that take effort. Yeah. This man is lazy. We're all tired when we come home from work. Billy, (laughs) whatever. Like, welcome to capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that they should be able to make their own decisions as well. Like, get, go go to therapy, go get help. But if if this is just self-gratification and you're not thinking about it as companionship, I don't see an issue with it. Yeah, I mean, Nude has built this entire backstory where this man, like, actually needs help. Um, I'm just saying the downside I see for a non-Billy Bob Joe person <laughs> is that it will discourage seeking out actual companionship. And you know what? Now that I think about it, it would have maybe the same kind of problems that like mainstream porn does where, you know, say they don't have this doll forever, right? Like whatever. They end up in a relationship or in a partnership. It, they might have a skewed um, idea of what is okay to do in the bedroom now, just the way that porn messes up people's expectations. Mm. There's a whole like, host things of things you can do to a doll that you can't do to a person. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. that could introduce just a lot of issues. I would very much rather that um, all tech dies in a fire and we all learn how to build community ties and take care of each other normally and not from like 500 feet away via (laughs) cell phone Um, okay so to round off what i wanted to discuss about tech 
Uh, Belinda, Bobette, Joanne, Josephine becomes a sentient being and they have a legitimate wedding and they have a part AI, part human child. What is the child's place in society? Go. No, she cannot have a child. <laughs> Do not make me put my lab oh. coat on. This would never no. happen. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not making that monstrosity, Nora. We're not going there. We're not making that monstrosity. <laughs> like all I'm imagining is like, all I'm imagining is like wires coming out of everywhere. Like Ew. it's like a little no, arm no, with no. like a wire coming Wait. out instead too. But like guys, oh god, no. Have you seen photos of these things? What? Yes, dude, and I think war android. What? <laughs> that person doesn't exist. These android women. Oh, you mean just like fake. android women? No, they don't. That's what's terrifying. I mean, yes, they look perfect, and in that way, they look fake. But they look like women. I mean, all I can think about every time I think about AI is the moment when they become sentient, and we have to decide what role they play in society. And then maybe it leads to an all-out war. Like I'm concerned. Oh my! Have you been watching way too much Terminator? This is a plot of a video I... game I played. <laughs> um, actually. <laughs> Um, let me just say, okay, I, 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 I think I know this game. Is it one of the recent ones? Like, it, yeah, it was, Detroit, it was Detroit Become Human. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that game. Um, nice. you, do, you do act as androids, it, it, like, you do play as an android in that game, in like an uprising kind of deal, right? Yes, in an uprising kind of deal. They were really unnecessarily heavy handed with the slavery themes, which is not where we're going. So, but. But okay, no, it's not where we're going, but under circumstances where our personal assistant, Michael, our personal assistant comes to life, how do you treat her? You kill her immediately. <laughs> if she- I'm concerned about that. If what, she became sentient, I would nurture yes. that and and try and try and teach the, the AI right from wrong. And, and I agree. And uh, you know that there are shitty people in the world, but there are good people as well. And to try and make sure that anything it does in its programming or thinking uh, does not harm anyone. Honestly, I'll try and I'll try and do the whole like, do not harm humans, do not do this, do not yeah, do that. You would, would raise it. I would try you and would raise, raise it, it properly. I would. Me too. I feel like I would as well. Okay, this is again a plot line. <laughs> Plotline in the game Detroit Become Human. Um, <laughs> I just, I just feel like the general focus should be on repairing humanity rather than continually building these accessories for us. Um, it, it's nice that you guys want to raise this robot, <laughs> <laughs> but I am begging you not to because there are so many other things that we could be doing. Are you kidding me? My robot will, will make me a ton of money. Oh my god! <laughs> Hell yeah! So we're back. What to do you think, baby? Circus robot. So we're back I, to no, BS. no, no, no. Honestly, it, if first, like speaking completely theoretically, <laughs> if I were to have my own AI, I would set that thing to think about feeding the world. I mean. It's not that smart. I, I don't know what kind of AI you think humanity made. It's not smarter than us. We're too stupid to make something smarter than us. 
Yeah, no, no, something that 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 can learn on its own and program and code on its own and and actually be like its own <laughs> think tank. Well, now it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Goddamn Galaxy, and the answer's forty-two. <laughs> Oh my god. The answer will be 42, I guess, yeah. But uh we'll see. Uh social media can be dangerous. Yeah. This is the thing. Tech can be really dangerous. And yes, if we use it properly, if we develop it properly, it can be less dangerous. But on our current trajectory, it's not looking too good. And that is why I took the anti-position. Yeah. Uh if you don't want anything out there on the internet that you're not proud of, uh don't send it to anyone. Is what I'm saying. If you're concerned that your personal assistant is spying on you, she is. <laughs> yeah, but you're not sexting through the personal assistant is kind of what I was getting no, at. No, I know, but I felt like this was our like warnings and last thoughts. So Shushu said that social media can be dangerous. And then you said that, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> you forgot what I said. Oh my God. I forgot why I said Mike just no, what did that I we shouldn't, said, uh, you shouldn't be sending shit over the internet yeah, if you don't yeah. want it to yes. stop being your property. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And then my warning was your personal assistant is listening to you and learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a very big, deep conversation. And like we've scratched the surface. Um, maybe people can give us their opinions on it. But I'm going to I mean, remain obviously anti-tech. There's a, lot, there's a lot of aspects of tech, obviously, that we didn't discuss. Um, bank measures, security tactics, video games, graphics, virtual reality. There's a whole host of topics and issues that are uh, current and huge. Yeah. Do you guys um, want to, uh, sorry, do you, uh, do you ladies want to do an episode about video games and esports? Oh, yeah. We should. I'd be down. Because that's that's one of the main three thing or sorry, mainstream things coming up or not coming up, it's already here. It's been it's been building for the past ten to fifteen years. I've been monitoring. I don't it know if it's mainstream time. yet though. It's getting uh, no, there. It's mainstream. It, it's uh it's basically like I, I got in on it when I started playing PC video games in like 15 and I was, I was watching or I was, I was seeing those old school like tournament videos that people would kind of mm-hmm. mash together and then post up on. It wasn't even YouTube at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it was, but uh, things like that, like I've yeah. seen it grow over the years. It's mainstream now. You cannot go, yeah. you can't go a day without hearing, I think, in a school, someone talking about Twitch or someone talking mm-hmm. about, you know, You're someone right. playing a video game on Twitch or, you know. Can I just say there was a student in the class I covered the other day who was fully playing and streaming League of Legends, just fully in the class streaming League of wow. Fucking Legends when he was no, supposed to be awful. submitting his IB philosophy essay. Oh my wow. god, that's awful. I'm not gonna it, yeah, lie it's, though. It's, I've 
I've played video games in school. We had StarCraft <laughs> tournaments in uh, in our oh uh, what was the computer engineering class, and I brought in the USB stick with StarCraft on it, and we would just hook it up to the systems, and everyone would oh just download God. the copy of it, and we'd all play like oh eight versus God. eight StarCraft battle while our poor teacher oh is uh, is saying just do your assignments after. <laughs> Oh my god. I felt like looking back on it now I feel really bad. But we did our work. Yeah, because your wife is a teacher. But we did our work and we weren't disruptive. We were just quietly playing video games. Oh, baby, it's disruptive. Eh. It's, well, disruptive. it's disruptive when the us. person when the person sitting next to you is playing video games, regardless of whether or not you yourself are playing video games, it is significantly more fascinating to look over at the person next to you's computer rather than like, you know, do work because work isn't colorful and moving and zapping and being fantastical, you know? Yeah. I agree with Nude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, let's wrap this up because this is an endless conversation. <laughs> so true it really really is um i hope that you all enjoyed meeting mike yeah i did this is not the first time i've met mike (laughs) (laughs) yes i hope everyone has had a a good time hearing me uh me speak thank you for being our producer and for being my husband and for allowing me to talk about us on this podcast yeah you're very welcome, <laughs> both of you. Okay. Well, I will take us out. Please do. So this has been yet another episode of Don't Tell Baba. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you'll stick around for more. Our music is by Amar on Fiverr. His username is CH6K0R. Post-production is done by Newt's husband, Mike. Thank you, Amar and Mike, again. thanks guys for more shenanigans find us on twitter and instagram at the baba pod if you want to drop us a line call us at 530-32-HADAM that's 530-32-42726 we will see you next week and remember don't tell baba he doesn't need to know about sex dolls no don't (laughs) teach him how to use facebook that's okay (laughs) and even that is a problem Uh, sometimes because then you'll have him coming to ask you how do i do this oh that's true (laughs) i get emojis that was my dad oh love you shoe love you nude love you mike love you (laughs) love you (laughs) love you all love you bye bye